Hi everyone and welcome back to the Totally Modcast for our second episode. You're joined by Soph and Brian of Totally Modular. Hi folks. First and foremost, we just wanted to say a big thank you for all the positive feedback we received following our first episode. Um, as you can imagine, we are complete amateurs at this and have never done anything like this before. We're simply just trying to raise the MMC flag as much as we can. So getting just a little bit of positive feedback is really encouraging and we must be doing something right. So, what are we going to be discussing this week? And it's the big old question of, why isn't modular mainstream? So let's get started. So, just before we delve into this week's topic, I think it's important to just quickly run through the basic definitions associated with modular housing. For example, you may hear us mention the term MMC frequently. That simply means modern methods of construction. There are seven categories of MMC, with category one being the production of three-dimension units in a controlled factory, which is ourselves, as we try to have our modules completed by up to 95% before leaving the factory. And then category seven, at the other end of the spectrum, is a site-based process improvement. So a builder is implementing an innovative site-based construction technique, for example, the use of drones. So hopefully that's cleared a couple of questions. If you want to learn more about the different categories, there's a great report online called Modern Methods of Construction, Introducing the MMC Definition Framework. So check that out if you want further clarity. Right, so that's enough of the boring stuff, on to this week's topic. So Brian, here's a big open-ended question for you. Why isn't modular mainstream yet? Oh, that's what we call the elephant in the room, Sophie. Um, Just going back to your previous paragraph for the seven definitions, the reason these definitions were created was primarily because of the confusion. People were interchanging different terms and different words. So uh, a chap called Mark Farmer came up with predefined definitions that the industry is now trying to adopt. Like you've already said, we're category one, where we're sending out a complete unit. You mentioned 95%. I try not to mention percentages because the reality is we want as much as completed in that building as we possibly can. There are instances where somebody may want an external brick around, so we can't do an external finish or there may be some other reason that we can't particularly finish up, but basically it's as much as possible. And getting into the why isn't modular mainstream question, in some industries um, it actually would be considered quite mainstream, for example, schools, primary schools in particular, the vast majority of them, uh, or a, a vast majority of them over the last probably five to ten years have come out of factories. Yeah. And the logic for that's really, really easy. They, they don't want a building site on a school site. Another example is every McDonald's drive-through, <laughs> every cost of coffee. Dare we mention it? Absolutely mainstream. But when it comes to housing, specifically housing, we are seen as the the disruptor. There's something that's not quite, not quite normal. Mm-hmm. Some of the questions I get asked are quite, quite amazing. They're just people's level of of lack of understanding of, of what we're delivering is, is astonishing. And I'm talking about people that are in the construction industry, yeah. Sophie. People are in the construction industry. Even when we take homes on tour, on occasions we 
people in the industry don't even come and visit. Mm. They just assume, ah, prefab, for example, um, and uh, and their 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 own misconception about what a prefab actually is. So, from someone like myself that's relatively new to the industry, I have a few ideas um, as to why it hasn't taken off. So, if I give you a potential reason and let you expand and on that. Sure. So, the first one for me is I get asked a lot on the phone. Are your homes mortgageable? Okay. Um, the whole aspect of security for a mortgage or securitization for a social landlord like a housing association or a local authority um, comes up almost on every conversation I have with a, prospect a prospective new, new customer. The short answer is yes, uh, generally speaking they are mortgageable. Now, how that's done and how that's achieved is through um, really the warranty that's associated yeah. with, the, with the building. Yeah. Um, we're also members of the BOPAS, the Build Off-Site Property Assurance Scheme, mm -hmm. of which there are many different off-site manufacturers and different methodologies, some using concrete, some using timber, some using steel. Um, but in a nutshell, they have, in conjunction with Lloyd's Registry, um, come up with an assurance and a warranty with BLP, and they in turn have gone to the mortgage lenders and says, will you lend on these? Now, evolving one step beyond that for social landlords is the question of securitization. Mm -hmm. So that's not where they're taking an individual house, but they're taking a whole tranche of houses, a housing estate. Yeah. Um, and that still needs to be to be um, fine-tuned, but even just this month there's been a number of different articles released highlighting how groups are now starting to, to, to take this, um, look at this more favourably than what they have been even as little as a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, so the short answer is yes, the homes are mortgageable, absolutely. So the next one um, is probably around the risk-averse nature in the industry, would you say that's... Well, the whole question of risk is down to who, who's carrying that risk. <laughs> um, it's, quite, it's quite interesting that um, the social landlords really want to, well, not just the social landlords, everybody wants to dissipate the risk onto <laughs> someone else. Um, there are various frameworks around the country that are promoting MMC. They in turn are trying to dilute that risk by saying, yeah, these companies are credible, their product meets the relevant standards. Um, this is over and above what you get via warranty on the house. Um, so yeah, there's no question, um, risk and, and the, 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 the dissemination of that risk needs to be taken into account. But I would say that this is a much more collaborative approach. Yeah. This is about working backwards, what's the end result? So for a social landlord, the end result is having a habitable home that's attractive, meets all the relevant regulations or exceeds them, um, is low maintenance and robust, and is attractive enough for people to want to live there and want to rent it. And obviously the energy efficiency as well. Well, that, that brings us on to, to other aspects of, of quality control and innovation that we can talk about either now or separately, it's up to you Sophie. Well we might as well talk about that now, so another misconception is the quality, um, more specifically the defects and the maintenance of the properties. 
One of my opening questions to new inquiries is what are your drivers? Why are you bothering to ask yeah. us for, a, for a, a modular? Why are you considering it for a modular home? I would say that quality has got to be one of the key factors and should be one of the key factors for people wanting to, to look at this as a solution. It's much easier to control quality in a factory. Yeah. It's much easier to walk around spotting errors and then rectifying them. But it's also much easier to avoid the errors in the first place mm -hmm. through the manufacturing process. Much more scrutiny, isn't it? Much more scrutiny. Um, and it's, a, it's an assembly process as opposed to construction. Mm -hmm. We align ourselves much more with, with technology and innovation than we do with, um, with construction. But um, in saying that, I would say that quality has to, be, has to be at the forefront of everybody's mind. Snagging, for example, I hear horror stories of, of what, um, what people are, are, are going through whenever they take the keys on a property and then they're left with weeks, stroke months of putting things right that should never have been wrong in the first place. Um, so we, we would pride ourselves in saying that when we ship the units out, a lot of those headaches and errors have all been rectified or we've not even had them in the first place. But then there's also the added bonus of the, the BIM modelling that goes into the house with the maintenance. Yeah, the birth certificate as I call it, this BIM modelling. Um, with a factory delivered home, um, it's much easier for us to completely strip down every element of that house into a digital file that not just throw, shows 3D modelling for those that just want to see a, a pretty image on their laptop yeah. or on their screen or on their, their phone or their pad, but also allows them then from a maintenance point of view to strip back and to, and to see exactly what the components are in the house. Mm -hmm how they've been put together and, and from a maintenance perspective what, 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 what would need to be replaced in a period of time in the future. So um, yeah the BIM modelling um, which we give all the BIM files to all clients on every property that they get is their future proof in terms of maintenance um, and also gives them the assurance of how the building has been put together. Okay. Um, another one is price. Um, we get a lot of questions on the phone on initial inquiries. Or, oh, I heard, I thought you were the cheap option. Oh, yeah. Well, some people hit me with price in the first question, some wait to the third question. <laughs> um, the reality is that we are not any cheaper than traditional construction today. And just going back a short time ago, as little as a year, two, three years ago, we were significantly higher we were probably 20%, maybe more, 30% higher than a traditional. And I think even today, pound for pound, it could be argued that on, uh, on some sites we may still be coming in slightly more, but one of the biggest problems which, which we have is, is calculating exactly what the true cost is under a traditional delivery method as against a uh, factory delivered building. So when the QS does his comparison, he's making various assumptions about that traditionally delivered home. Yeah. For example, he thinks it'll be done within a time frame in, in line with the program that, that's set up initially. And I hear horror stories about delivery dates. I've heard housing associations tell me openly they've never had a delivery on time 
in the last five or six years. I heard recently. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's beyond embarrassing. Um, but those factors aren't put into the QS's equations whenever he's mm. doing his calculations at the initial stage. So when somebody looks at a piece of paper, they go, ah, this is more expensive. But then we're given various assurances within a very short time frame. Those homes will come out that factory door within the specified program. And be extremely energy efficient as well. Uh, ex- well, we'll talk about the innovation separately, but. But, but the home will be delivered pretty much on time. The home will be delivered to a quality standard that avoids all of the snagging that again the QS doesn't build into his, his calculations generally. Um, and, and, and will be ready for occupants. Yeah. Um, as the program specified. Now when you think of, of, of breaking any housing development into two elements, the superstructure and the substructure, so 70% of the building is a superstructure. Mm-hmm. We're giving assurance that the price is stable from the, from the contract date. Yeah. We're giving assurance that delivery will be on time. So, so just those two elements alone, never mind the additional quality control and never mind the extra innovation that then leads to low maintenance, low running costs, so on and so forth. So, so yeah, I, I, think, um, I think price needs to be really dissected and broken down um, to levels that, that generally speaking people don't bother doing. And I, for me I think it's as well that the value of the price, so yes obviously there's the price for how much it's going to build but people have got to take into consideration you know the energy efficiency, the, the low maintenance, sustainability that, sustainability that naturally falls within that price. The, the green credentials of what we're doing far exceeds anything, anything that the traditional boys can dream of. Um, just a building site in itself is a health and safety hazard. We don't have people working on, on scaffolding mm. in the factory. Uh, even the upper units are built on the ground. Um, so the green credentials sustainability credentials exceed anything but like you said price is a whole debate and topic and it needs to be in itself an open and honest debate where everything's on the table and not just the bits that people assume you have another one listed there uh, uh, past misconceptions prefab yeah this is now culture this is yeah um, for me with in in terms of the marketing side of um, totally modular. I find that whenever we have press releases, for example, last year of Coventry, um, the headlines were prefab homes in Coventry mm-hmm. in the first prefab, <laughs> and we're trying to move away from that term. Well, I am trying to move away from that prefab. Topic. Well, <laughs> what can I say? I I've gone full circle. It was a taboo term for me initially. Um, is it still taboo? First of all, we are prefabricating yeah. units, so I don't think we should shy away from it. Um, sadly, the misconception is there's the, the, the tin homes that were built post-war, mm-hmm. and um, and what people what people perceive to be a prefab. When people come and walk around one of our homes, whether it's our three bed at Dudley College or whether it's a two bed here, or they get a chance to visit the real homes where people are living in, and I. I'm, I'm, I've got a few meetings set, set up to take people to, 
to, to speak to the tenants. I've done some interviews with tenants myself on the BBC um, and, and the tenants are all really happy Impressed. with where they're living. That's the acid test. Yeah. How, if somebody wants to use the term prefab, I'm happy. I'm yeah. not going to say no, but, but it's talking to the tenants. That requires a wee bit of effort. Mm. They've got to come out of their office and go and speak to your tenant. And hear first hand. And hear first hand. Feedback. 100%. 100%. Okay, so the last one on my list is uh, change averse planning systems. Well, we've heard good news on that yeah. recently, haven't we? The new the last couple of months. The new three tier system. <laughs> I'm not quite sure when it will be implemented. <laughs> Maybe I'll be retired by the time, <laughs> the time it actually becomes real. Um, but it is good news. It does show that the powers that be are acknowledging that are they listening. are listening, yes. Also, um, permitted development rights on, on airspace units mm-hmm. um, that's come into force this, this, this year. Um, that's also um, very positive. And um, again, when we're, de- when we're manufacturing a, a, a home, it doesn't matter to us if it's raised five stories in the air to go on an airspace rooftop or it's gone on to a building site. It, it just doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, so planning system is slow. They are making changes. It is being acknowledged and it's beyond our control, Sophie, sadly. Who knows? So we've come to the end of our second Totally Modcast. Thank you so much for listening if you've made it this far. Be sure to share the podcast and to keep an eye out for our next one. Also, please do follow us on social media at Totally Modular on Twitter and LinkedIn. Speak to you all soon. Thanks very much, folks. Thank you. Um, we're, we're coming up with the topics here, should I say, Sophie is. And um, if anybody's got any suggestions, feel free to let Sophie know what topics they would like discussed. Yes, definitely. That sounds good. It's also my intention to invite a few guests on. Yeah. There are a few people within the modular industry who I think would be good to hear from. And I've made some tentative approaches. One or two have poo-pooed it, but let's see what happens. (laughs) Okay. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.